0: Welcome to the Relax, It's Retirement Podcast with Josh Leonard from Leonard Advisory Group. In this podcast, we help those nearing retirement greet it with a well-prepared smile. Join Josh and his guests to learn the retirement and tax planning tips you need so you too can live your golden years with the happiness and excitement you deserve. Hear stories from his years of experience to help you transition into a fun and intentional retirement. Now, onto the show. Hello and welcome to the Relax It's Retirement Podcast
1: with your host, Josh Leonard, where we talk about transitioning into retirement with intent. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hey there, Josh. How you doing?
2: Good. How are you today, Wendy?
1: Oh, I'm doing good. It's going to be a rainy weekend and I've got plans going to Niagara Falls for the very first time and it's going to rain the whole time, Josh.
2: That's good. You'll already have the poncho on for the maid of the mist then.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Have you ever been to Niagara Falls?
2: I have. I have. We were there two, two summers ago. And while we were waiting in line to get on the Maid of the Mist, my youngest son Isaac, and keep in mind this is coming out of COVID. So okay. a little bit more germ conscious, crowd conscious than maybe I was prior to that. We're standing there waiting in line. I look down at them and those really nice handrails they have when you're waiting in line for tourist type things he's licking it. And I thought, wow, I don't know what to do right now. My natural reaction is freak out and start yelling at you. But clearly that's not going to help. So I calmly was like, "Isaac, stop it. Stop it. So I think much like our topic today of preventing identity theft or any type of fraud in retirement, we can't necessarily make it perfect. But let's take certain steps to, you know, keep nudging the kid to not lick public handrails in highly trafficked areas. Right?
1: Yes. Let's try and nudge him in that direction. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we'll try to do the same thing here with identity fraud in retirement. Kids often teach me more than I teach them, I think, you know. I Uh, hope
1: that wasn't one of the examples. (laughs) Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, I already already knew knew. not to lick the handrails. Okay.
1: Well. We do have a guest with us again today. Pete is back. It's Pete Belcastro. Is that saying I say that right?
3: Correct.
2: You got it.
1: Yeah, Not it's German me. Wendy,
2: it's German.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you got me listening so hard. Okay, get us in order. We need we need a grown-up in the room.
3: I, <laughs> yes, there is there's a lot of risks here in life, you know, whether it's handrail germs or falling into Niagara Falls <laughs> or identity theft. Yeah. You know?
2: don't worry
1: about falling in? Yeah, <laughs> don't fall in.
3: Don't
2: fall in. <laughs>
1: I thought they had rails that you could
2: yeah, lick. They do. Just don't lick them, Wendy. Just yes. don't lick
3: them.
1: I will remember that. Okay.
3: <laughs> so, uh hopefully we can we can identify some of those risks in life that are along the lines of, you know, hey, identity theft and fraud here to hopefully help people avoid some of those things. So, if we don't have our dad to sit there and tell us to not lick the railings, you know, what can we do to avoid some of these risks?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, Pete, you know, it's something we've been talking about in the office a lot more, that it's such a rising risk. We're hearing more frequently from clients that something happened with their bank account or, you know, they got this notification that, you know, this system was breached, this, that and the other. I think that's it. It's a real risk that we need to be aware of. It's a huge impact on retirees as we've moved into this digital age in many ways they become an easier target. So the older folks that maybe, you know, are not as used to some of this technology, they're a little bit more prone to some of the fraud there. So
3: Pete, I think you had some stats on that, didn't you? Yeah, so because you know, the the demographic is uh the, the demographic of people that have had the most fraud committed are actually over the age of 65. You know, I wanted to see, uh, you know, what how that stacks up in our country and our state here. uh, Well, in Pennsylvania, we are the fifth oldest state, you know, behind California and Florida, Texas, uh, New York, Michigan's not too far behind. They're the eighth oldest state out of the 50 here that we have. And then uh, Wendy, New Jersey is only three behind that. So we've got some old populations uh, where we do live and people are getting older every day. So, so that's actually about one in six people in the entire United States is over the age of 65 right now. You know, so our population is aging overall. So one of the highest amounts of fraud is committed through people's finances.
1: I saw in the news that they have a warning about email scams, which I I just uh, I've been getting myself where it's it appears to be from the post office or some sort of delivery service saying that you're address is incomplete and they want you to click on a link and you know i like to think i know better but some of these emails are very convincing i got one recently that was supposedly from my phone saying oh you're about to run out of storage upgrade had i not already had the upgrade i might have fallen for that oh yeah you know
2: (laughs) I've gotten I've gotten some through Facebook too, where they appear to be Facebook and they're asking you for verifying information. And, you know, sometimes you can kind of look and well, the images are quite suspect or, you know, (laughs) I I know that I'm not related to a Nigerian prince. Right. I know that. But that's right they're not all you know, that basic anymore. They're disguising yeah. a lot better. And one of the things Pete and I talked about is these are like professional criminals, right? They're not somebody just trying to pickpocket you or, you know, these are people that are focused on this all day long and they're constantly finding ways to try to get around and
3: well, very, steal from you. They're, they're very yeah. good at it. They're very oh. good at it. Like you said, they do it every day. And last year, you know, the number. Uh, last year, there was actually eight point eight billion dollars of of fraud uh, that was committed, uh, and that's actually up thirty uh, percent from two thousand twenty one. So uh, you know, we can see that uh, not only are they doing it every day, but they're good at it and they're they're successful.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean that is a gigantic number. I mean that is bigger than the Taylor Swift economy. I do believe, Wendy. <laughs> so well,
1: but um, what are you doing to me? You're talking football. You're talking Taylor Swift. I mean, what what do you want me to do?
2: <laughs> I think I think her tour is only a one billion dollar thing. So oh eighth of goodness. the impact um, yeah. of this fraud. Um, I'm just doing that just so we can hashtag Taylor Swift. You know, ah, if we've learned not... anything recently, it's <laughs> To boost stats, just throw Taylor Swift in, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. Look no one knew what the football.
2: NFL was prior to Taylor Swift. Well,
1: no, I mean, certainly not. <laughs> um, so what do we do to protect ourselves, guys? What What can we do to try and not become victims of these scams?
2: Yeah, I, I think number one, the easiest thing is always be aware, right? So, So keep an eye on your credit. Most credit cards that we have, you get a statement and it'll have your FICO score at the top. If you see that drops by 100 points and you didn't do anything different, well, that's a good indication that you can look into something. Another, if you want to take it a step further, you can do some credit monitoring. So you can use different credit monitoring services that are proactively reaching out to you. You know, another thing that, well, Pete and I were just talking about with a client yesterday was doing a credit freeze. So just freezing that credit. If you're not going out and buying a car anytime soon or purchasing a new home, anything like that, then just freeze your credit.
1: What does that mean? I've never heard of that. Freeze your yeah. credit?
2: Yep. You can freeze it. So it locks it up. So no one, like when you go to the car dealership, Wendy, and they ask you for your information, you put it in and they go ahead and run your credit to see what financing offers they can give you and if they can lend you the money. Right. It would stop that. They would not be able to run that without you reaching out to the credit bureau and unfreezing the account prior. So it's just one more backstop.
1: Okay. So I wanted to freeze my credit score, but that's not what
2: it means. No, yeah, yeah, no. No. You can't freeze your credit score and take out a bunch of debt. No. Doesn't quite work that way. I
1: knew that was too good to be true.
3: (laughs) So even when your credit's frozen, you can still monitor it and you should still monitor it. So you can actually get a full credit report uh, once a year. And so that's the reason why you can only do that once a year is because it, it would, it is almost, they call it a hard hit on your credit. So it pulls almost everything. But uh, if you do it once a year, it doesn't affect your, your credit. So if you have too many of these hard hits, it could show that you're trying to get too much credit outside of what you what you could afford and creditors don't like that it doesn't look too favorable but along throughout the year you can always do soft credit hits so that's kind of whenever if you do any anything online as far as looking at your online banking or you look at your credit cards online you'll probably see a button or an area there that you can click on and and it says uh, check your fico credit score you know so you can that's a great place that something that most of us you know if you are doing anything online you notice that Uh, that's a great place to look check to see if there's any major moves there and that does not affect your credit
1: are they actually accurate do you think those scores
3: they are they are very accurate some of them that they do provide will show the open accounts and you know the balances up until the last month so uh sounds accurate (laughs) it's pretty accurate yep
2: (laughs) Yeah, it might not be instantly updated. If you just paid off that credit card yesterday, that might not be updated yet. But again, it's just a good indicator to kind of look at. You know, one of the things when we're reviewing client accounts too, you know, we go through any withdrawals from their accounts. So just if there's any recent activity or anything that looks a little bit abnormal, that's a good thing to check. So when you get your bank statement, whether it's digital or through the mail, make sure that there's not a $2000 cash withdrawal that you never took right you know so just kind of keeping in mind of you know what is going on in your financial statements and taking a quick look through it you know i think that continuous credit monitoring the accounts is is super important we had one client that actually came in last week and they said hey out of my one retirement account i see a $50000 withdrawal i don't i don't, what was that for and i was about 2 years ago so Gosh, that would have been awful if we didn't detect it in two years. But we went back through all of our records with them and then reminded them that they had to put a big retaining wall in and do some other uh, landscape improvements at the time. And then they thought, oh, yeah, which I understand. I would like to forget about the cost of a retaining wall and, you know, those sort of home <laughs> maintenance things there as well. Yeah, right. In in monitoring that credit, too, you know, you can also use third party resources like Credit Karma. I use that before we purchased our first house to kind of see where I'm standing at with credit. Uh, They give you some advice as to ways to improve it. I would say the cautionary tale with Credit Karma or any free service like that is well, it's free because they're going to try to sell you something. So they're going to constantly be putting credit card offers in front of you. And well, if you open 20 credit cards, your credit's going to be no good.
1: So, what else can we do to reduce risk?
2: Yeah. So I, I think an easy one is good online practices. I tell our team all the time: your dog, in the year that you met your spouse, is not a good password. Right? That that's pretty easy to find out using Facebook or you know another publicly available resource. Uh, but Josh,
1: come on! There's we have so many passwords now. How are we supposed to keep them straight?
2: well there's password keepers so you can use there's companies like lastpass nordpass where it'll aggregate all of your passwords and then you kind of hold the master key to get that to sounds it. like a lot of work a lot of work <laughs> i think it's less work you know I'll, i know that there is too many people that have a sheet called passwords where they save all their passwords or like a notebook well if we're talking about fraud that's about the easiest thing if somebody gets a hold of that. You know, they got the keys to the castle. So having a third party resource that's gonna save those passwords for you yeah. and help protect that data is gonna be helpful.
1: I just use password one, two, three, four for yep. everything.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, don't say that, but we'll have to edit that out when I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: oh you guys are having i'm having too much
2: uh my my dad at one point his cell phone password was one two three four and i was like dad that doesn't count as a password like that is the first thing someone would guess right i
1: even have the passcode on it
2: (laughs) yeah 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 but you bring up another good point wendy put a passcode on your cell phone right especially if you have your banking apps credit card everything else if you lose that cell phone or if you're out to eat and you leave it on the table and go to the bathroom and somebody grabs that that is an awful lot of data that they can take from you quite quickly
1: yes and now they have the face recognition so that you don't even really have to put the password in unless you know you have like dark sunglasses on or something
2: yeah Yeah. and I, I I The face recognition thing is amazing to me how accurate it is. I it's a little um, scary. <laughs> my my yeah. wife tried on my phone for a long time. She knew my pin code and not uh, oh, she has full great. access to my phone, but she doesn't have my face. She kept trying, and I'm like, honey, your face is never gonna be mine. Like it's not gonna work. But it was sort of an interesting thing to yeah. witness. And then one day it did work. And I was, I was like, what uh. It did? stunned i was my wife does not look like me you know she doesn't have facial hair that's for sure right Uh, so i was stunned and she just started cracking up when she was on my phone she had added her face to the face
3: oh
1: (laughs) okay i thought i was like the phone is
0: broken Um,
2: so it is very accurate and and, you can use a
1: picture has anybody tried to use a picture
2: I haven't. That's a oh, that's no. a terrifying way. I used to have my thumbprint too. Even for my computer, it has facial recognition or my finger as a way to get access to my computer. So mm-hmm. computers like cell phones, don't make your password one, two, three, leave it out at Starbucks when you go to the bathroom. Someone can totally gain access to all of your
3: information quite
2: quickly. So
1: what else do we need to do?
3: I think another way to uh, avoid risk is just being aware of, of, uh, of the current fraud that's happening in your area you know so there's I, I get it that there's phishing through emails we're always getting these different things that come out but if there's if people's uh credit cards are getting stolen you know or their numbers around your area just be aware make an extra attempt to, to take a look at that scanner or maybe just follow your your card the transactions there and i think another piece that goes along with that is what card are you swiping Uh, You know, a lot of the times whenever, you know, I used to work at a bank, they would encourage people to use debit card as purchases saying you just put the, you hit credit and it's the same thing as like a credit. And it's not, Uh, you know, whenever you use a debit card at any sort of merchant, that money goes out of your bank account relatively quickly. And if somebody gets a hold of that. Right now, every company and every larger bank, uh, there is legal requirements for them to cover fraud, and that's another thing that people aren't aware of. Is it's not just you monitoring your own credit to make sure you don't have a headache. It's that if that does happen, it's all covered. It's all, it, and it's by law that these companies have to uh, make you whole if there is fraud. Well, and uh, that's
1: you know. one of the problems. Is you know you. I was encouraged to use my debit card, use my debit card, because we don't want to put on money on, you know, on the credit card. Mm-hmm. But now there's so much fraud that I want to use the credit card and just pay that off. But now a lot of merchants are charging you extra to use a credit card. Have you found that in your area? Uh, maybe we're first.
2: No, I, I think it's been more, a more common thing where they add like a, a credit card, card surcharge
1: like a three percent or something like that there is a
2: whole different way to handle that wendy cash cash
1: (laughs) it's almost like we had a
2: currency that prevented a lot of these things there's places
1: Um, now that don't even accept cash i've noticed
2: that too and that was something i think during covid that kind of and then a lot of merchants didn't really take it back i I have a funny side story with cash my uh, younger sister zoe worked at a ice cream place when she was in high school and the owner of the shop was not that concerned about cash transactions so he regularly wouldn't get appropriate change to make change and had instructed them to round change to the nearest quarter which like breaks every part of my financial <laughs> mind cuz i'm like either you're you're taking money from the customer or shorting yourself money like that just doesn't work you need the pennies. But I think to him, it was the frustration of dealing with this smaller change that he wanted to avoid.
3: Yeah. Um, but don't yes. do that.
1: Don't do it. <laughs> Just don't.
3: So, yeah. So, using... You know, looking at credit a different way, your credit cards and not as, uh, hey, I can rack this up and it's free money. No, it's a way that you can have a a transaction and it gives you a whole month to verify that everything's in in good shape so that if somebody takes money out of your account and it's on the debit card and your mortgage has to come out the next day, well, guess what? Your mortgage isn't getting paid. If it's on the credit card side of things, you got a whole month, they are responsible for that fraud. So that's one way to avoid some risk is limit those debit card transactions to either not at all or just kind of last, last resort.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Pete, thanks for bringing us back to that point. I mean, I know that that's something that in my household, we've worked hard to. I mean, our debit cards are used if we need to go take cash out of the bank right? We're not using it for any transactions at this point. You know, a lot of the credit cards offer great financial planning tools too, where you can see your spending and everything else. But you do need to have that financial discipline where you're not spending more than you have in the bank account, right? Where you're still able to pay off the credit card each and every month. I mean, now I think a lot of credit cards are at 20-ish percent. So that is not a good way to spend your money. In fact, that's one thing we talk to clients a lot. If you have any balance, pay it off. Not worthwhile to have, if possible. The That's how the credit card companies make a lot of money. Outside of those transaction costs that, that might, you know, in some cases are being passed back on to the consumers. Mm-hmm. I think another way that you can help protect, you know, some of your security is with two-factor authentication, so a lot of this can be a bit annoying at times, but if you try to log into something online and they send you a text code or they'll send you a code to your email, I think these are great ways to get, you know, a, a double check that it's actually you, right? So if you're trying to sign into a website and yeah, you your username and password, that's two pieces of data. But then if it's also sending you a text message outside of that, if it's someone else trying to log in, they're not gonna be able to without also having your cell phone so it's never foolproof but that is another check along the way to helping helping you protect things a little bit further pete when you were working at the bank i think that was during the credit card issues or or the data breach that target had is that correct
3: yeah there was a data breach at target at the time and we were pretty much in the parking lot of a target and uh you know because of uh, and it was around christmas so you could imagine there was a lot of people coming in that were panicked and you know a lot of conversations around that data breach. And, and I did a lot of shopping at, at that Target. And because it was around uh, Christmas time, I didn't even check my credit there because I knew that my wife was also at Target. And if I wanted to have a good Christmas, I needed to wait till after to hey. check that credit card bill because uh, it would have made me very sad, I, I'm sure. So, but I knew that because, because everything is covered 100% from fraud and it's done that by law, uh, I wasn't worried. So I, I figured if somebody had my info and they racked up a few transactions, you know, I'd rather have a good Christmas than kind of get bogged down by that. Uh, you know, so it, that's, that's something that, you know, I think benefits a lot of people because you don't have to, it's not coming out of your bank account whenever you use a credit card.
1: Well, and that's a little thing I've always been a a little confused about is when there's a breach, like what exactly does that mean for me as a consumer? You know, if I shopped at Target and there's a breach, does that just mean somebody could potentially have my information?
2: Yeah, good question. So in most cases, if they notify you that you are included in the breach from the intelligence that the company or whoever they're using has to investigate it, they have pinpointed that you, Wendy were a victim of this sometimes like, and I think what happened mostly with this target data breach was that they access their whole, you know, catalog of stored credit card transactions. So that's pretty much everyone. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, unless you exclusively never go to target that includes a lot of people. So I think in an instance like that, you don't necessarily need to freeze your credit or, hire someone to specifically do credit monitoring rather just keep a close eye on whatever card you normally use when you go to target because that data is out there that also doesn't mean that someone is going to charge your credit card in the short term too many times these criminals will take the data sit on it for a while and then implement later too so i think in general we just you know really need to be pretty vigilant overall on You know, keeping an eye on things, right? Not ignoring it. I mean, maybe if we want the 30-day extension on the credit card to get through a happy Christmas, that works well. But we don't want to be in the position where we're totally ignoring it for six months and then we find out someone's racked up a big bill in our name.
3: Right. And if something does happen... Uh, Keep in mind, like we talked about earlier, these are professionals. They're very good at it. Talk to somebody about it. Talk to a financial professional. Get it resolved. Don't just say, gosh, I made a stupid error. I'm not going to do that. There might be things that you can do to either get some of your money back or protect yourself from that happening again in the future. So sometimes with our older population, they get embarrassed or felt like it was their fault and it wasn't and it's not.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great point, Pete. There is no shame. This is something that is going to impact all of us in some way or another. We we probably all know someone personally that it's already happened to in some capacity, if not to us multiple times. Yeah. I mean, it is just part of our daily life now. So taking these preventative measures is something that we can do just to protect ourselves and put up some safeguards to help reduce that risk.
1: All right. So closing remarks.
2: Don't lick the handrails this weekend, Wendy. That's it. That's it. So much like in protecting our credit, right? As adults, we all know that licking a public handrail is not a good thing if we're trying not to get sick or I don't know why you do it anyways, right? <laughs> so we've learned these things and that's what I hope we've done today is help educate you, give some different ideas, whether it's doing credit freezes if you're not really using your credit, just monitoring your credit score, you know, checking your statements like you used to years ago, you know, looking at that stuff, maybe improving your password security, taking some minor measures, not totally changing your whole life or living in fear, but taking substantial steps to not lick the handrail, right? So just reduce risk in a very logical manner.
1: Well, I do appreciate that reminder. I probably would have forgotten had you not thrown that in at the end. So how can people get in touch with you, Josh?
2: They can reach Pete Belcastro at Pete at com, or they can check out our website at com.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Pete. It was just a wealth of information today, and I appreciate it.
2: Well, Thanks thank you Wendy. you, Wendy.
1: And thank you for listening. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell.
0: Thank you for listening to the Relax, It's Retirement Podcast, the show that helps you transition into a happy, fun, and intentional retirement the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.leonardadvisorygroup.com or give us a call at 412-998-PLAN. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Leonard Advisory Group, LLC.